Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. I'm Bob Wells. My guest today is Steve Carroll, artist, author and teacher. In today's show, we hear how a career and lifelong love of art has led Steve to use his talents by helping change the lives of young people in Kolkata, India. Steve tells us about what life is like for people, especially for children on the streets of Kolkata, where poverty, drugs and organised crime are rife. We talk about how Steve finally went to Kolkata in 2013 and how after experiencing poverty at first hand, he came to love the city and its people. He discovered that his talent for art was not just a commodity, but a way to positively influence young people's lives for the better. Later on in the show notes, we provide links to where you can see Steve's paintings and learn more about the charities that are doing so much to improve people's lives. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bob. Good to hear from you. Great to have you on the show, Steve. So today we have Steve Carroll, uh, heavily into art, <laughs> teaches art, does art, also an author, and he does some fantastic charity work in India with a group which we'll hear about. But before that, Steve, a little bit about you. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing and what you've been doing over the last few years? Yeah, sure. Well, my main income is I'm I'm a you know a graphic designer and I also do illustration and um but. What happened in about uh, the late, uh, well, 2007, I decided I needed another string to my bow because graphic design can go very up and down and I was just fed up with not having anything to do. So I did a teaching course, teacher training course, and I became an art teacher and an art history teacher. And on top of that, I also do some my own artwork, of course, and my own illustration work. And um, I also write. Uh, not so much now, but I, I have had some books published, yes. Fantastic. So uh, we can obviously talk a bit about where people can get some of these uh, works of art from you mm. later on in the programme. Yes. If that's okay. Um, what about your your books that you did? Was it the Riddler's Fair series? Yeah, Can you tell me a bit about what they're about? Yeah, sure. Well, what they are, um, they're actually what we call graphic novels, which is a posh name for comic books, uh, but they're kind of high quality um, yeah. books. And um, the idea came about just after 9-11 when people were talking about the war on terror and things like that. And um, a group of us thought to ourselves, well, We've had that. It was called the Crusades and it wasn't very good. And we're still living with the, the fallout from that. And so we wanted to do a, um, a graphic novel series, which was aimed at teenagers. But it was all about the Crusades and you know trying to draw parallels and saying to people, you know, this wasn't a, a terribly good idea. Uh, the idea wasn't to really preach because I think people can tell when you're really trying to get a message across. We, we used... Um, yeah. It was the, the actual story was all about alchemy and the, the the hunt for the alchemical secret, but we used that as a kind of a metaphor for power and money and all that type of thing. And that's um, what 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 the series was about. I am afraid to say only the first two are actually uh, available, um, and they are on. You can get those on Amazon. Uh, Riddler's Fair Fair is F A Y R E, but uh, we did have write a third one, which is yet to be published. Okay, well, we can put those in the, in the show notes later yeah. if uh, people are interested in having a look at those. Mm. So the big thing that you've been doing recently over the last few years that I've noticed is this charity work in India, yes. um, particularly in Calcutta, Kolkata. Yes. Uh, just for listeners, what, what is the difference between Calcutta and Kolkata? Well, well Calcutta 
um, and we all know about Calcutta, the black hole of Calcutta, and all that, that type of thing. That 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 name is an anglicised version of the name, and it was called Calcutta by the British during the British Empire. But in two thousand and one, they okay. officially changed it to back to its Indian name, which is Kolkata, which is K O L K A T A. Tell me how you got involved with this, Steve. Well, um, the, the, I've always been fascinated by India. I've always felt that India has it, – it's a country with a totally different and unique culture. Uh, we all know Indian food, Indian music, the Indian landscape, Indian religion. Everything about it uh, just, just feels different and unique, and I was always fascinated by the country. And um, what happened was um, during uh, when, when did I, it was twenty thirteen was when I, I first went out there. During twenty twelve, I was very yeah. being very successful selling my prints, my digital prints, and um, I was earning quite a lot of money from them. But I always thought to myself, it would be nice to do something with this, which is more than just you know just earning money. I've, I've always seen art as being something that can actually do something. It's not just a commodity. And I met a chap, um, he actually came to our, our local church, uh, a chap who was from this charity called Emmanuel Ministries Calcutta. And um, uh, he yeah. was talking about how in the area of Calcutta or Kolkata, I should say, where they were working, they they did some work with um, prostitutes. And basically what they did was all these women who were having to do this, you know, this dreadful demeaning um, act, uh, they basically taught them how to run their own businesses. And now in that area of Kolkata, there are no prostitutes um, because they don't have to do that because they've all got their own business. And I was so excited about this. I thought this was fantastic. This is really life-changing. I'd love to be part of this. And I just went up to this guy and I showed him my, um, you know, I had one of my, my cards on me that has one of my, one of my um, artworks. And I just said, I'd really like to come to Kolkata and actually uh, illustrate the, the city. And anything I sell, I'll give the money to you to help you with your work. And he was pretty, you know, struck by this, but he, he thought I wasn't going to do it because these people get so many sort of you know good intention uh you know people coming up to them with ideas and then they don't follow them through but i did follow it through and in um 2013 i went out to india um i'd never been to anywhere as, as exotic as that before and it was a trip that absolutely changed my life did you go with anybody else when you went to India? Steve? Yeah, yeah, it was a group of friends, um, a, a group of people um, f- uh, from the church I went to. Uh, it, it was interesting because most people go out there. Um, I've got a friend who's a pharmacologist. I've got a friend who's a builder, um, an IT expert, and they went out there and they could help with you know building projects. They could help with medical because you know th- this this Emmanuel Ministries has so many different wings. It's uh, it, they, it's. Um, you know, it's a medical um, uh, facility. It uh, helps people get off drugs. It's an educational facility. It's a business advisory. You know, there's it, it so many practical things. And all my friends had all these, you know, practical things they could do. And I thought, well, what can I do? I'm an artist. Um, I felt a little bit, you know, what I what yeah. I did was a bit superficial. But what happened was I, I just had this idea. I took out um, an A4 pad of paper and, you know, my drawing equipment. And I, I, I sat down with these children, these children were in um you know slum children some of these you know, very very poor kids and i just sat down with them and i said can i draw your portrait and you know they sat there 
and uh, and I, I drew portraits of them, and they were absolutely overjoyed. And you've got to realise these kids don't have photographs of themselves. They don't have mobile phones where they can take selfies. They have no record of themselves at all. And for someone to sit down yeah. and actually draw them and actually you know take the time to draw them and give that drawing as a gift to them, they were over the moon. And it, it, to me, it was just a, such a small thing. But I, it made me see my art in a different way. I mean, one of the things people say about art is it's the affirmation of the value of an individual. And in a slum situation, to affirm someone's value um, is quite a remarkable thing. And I realised that I had, a, you know, something that was was valuable, something I could could use. So um, that's what I, I did. I also taught some art lessons and. Um, uh, when I came back, I um, did a, a series of um, prints, uh, um, digital artworks of, of the city, and I sold those. And people were really interested in them. I had exhibitions. And any all, all the money, I, I didn't make keep anything for myself. All the money I made, I, I yeah. just sent it straight out to them. And it's, uh, you know, it's been great. And are those are those art prints still able? Are people still able to yep. get those? Too? Yes, yes. I've got a website which is simply called stevecarrollsussex.com. Yeah, we'll put those on the show notes late, later on yeah. so that people can have access to them. Steve, for people who haven't been to India, myself included, could you sort of describe a little bit about what what your feelings were when you first went to Kolkata and, okay. and what it, you know, what's it like there? Right. Well, well, first of all, Kolkata is not a holiday destination. It's not nothing like the what's it the, the Marigold Hotel, those films. It, it's it's not like that. Um, you know, uh, Kolkata is uh, very much an industrial. There's a lot of business there, and it's a very, very poor city. And um, when I, I flew there uh, in 2013, I got out of the plane. The airport was more like a bus station than than an air- airport. Now the terminal is very nice. They built a new one, but in 2013, it was really like a bus station. And you came out as soon as you came out. There were people, elderly beggars, people coming up to you and asking for money, and people were saying, "Don't really? you know? Don't don't give them money because very often the money doesn't go to them. It, it goes to some cartel, some gang lord." Some somewhere, you know, uh, you know, it takes all the money. And um, we drove for about 45 minutes, an hour to where we were staying. And all I saw was poverty. All I saw was people sitting on the streets. I saw, you know, squalor. I was absolutely overwhelmed with what it was like. Now, the, the way I explain it to people is um, if you're walking through any, any town, London, anywhere, and you see someone sleeping in a doorway, you look at them and you think it's sad, but you pass them and you, you find yourself thinking about other things, getting it out of your mind. That's what, what I realised I did. When you go to a city like Kolkata, you can't do that. You, you For about an hour, all you're seeing is poverty. And all the while you're there, you're seeing poverty. And it's you cannot walk away from it. And the first reaction I had when I got to the, the place where I was staying, I just sat on the end of my bed and I thought, what on earth am I doing here? What have I done? Uh, this is terrible. Um, I want to go yeah. home. I, I honestly wanted to go back. Um, the shock was was just overwhelming. But I have to say that yeah. once you get to know the people, once you get to talk to people, instead of seeing people as being like a problem in poverty, all these labels, as soon as you begin to see the people as people, it changes. And it's by, you yeah. know, the end of my time there, I, I was loving it. I didn't want to come home. I I, I was just, just like, you know, counting, you know, the, 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 counting the days until I could go back there. And what, what sort of um, 
habitation? Where, where, where do people live? Well, where, or particularly the children, where, where would they live? Well, they, there are um, different types of uh, abode. There, there's people who literally live on the pavement and, you know, you can be walking past. Um, at the end of the place where I was living, there was uh, I was staying, there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, they have all these these type of places. And outside there was yeah. a tarpaulin with a family just sitting on this tarpaulin begging. So and it mostly, I didn't see any men. It was, it was mostly women and uh, about, you know, three or four children. And then what would happen is, is when it got dark, they would just pull the tarpaulin over them. And that was their, that was where they lived. They slept literally on the pavement and that, that was it. And then you go into... Um, this so very dangerous oh, conditions. Gosh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, that you that very easily you hear stories about children being just snatched and being sold into all horrible things. Um, you know, sweatshops. You know, just begging for a a, a gang. You know, there's 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 lots of gangs yeah. out there uh, getting into drugs. It, it, it's it's really horrendous. Um, and then you also get the you get two different types of slums. You get the official slums and the unofficial slums. Now, the official slums are built by the government, and they're just like rows, a whole area of concrete sheds and you know people make their homes in them and they they're very proud of them they're very clean people you know um they're constantly washing all the time you see washing hanging up and people washing their clothes uh, and then there's the unofficial slums and the, which are where they just basically um they just build their own slums out of tarpaulin and you know and, and bamboo you know these very thick bamboo canes they've got out there and they just you know it's almost like when you're a kid and you make a camp or a den um it's like that but that, yeah. but that's where people live and they they cook and they sleep or do the do the people seem fairly happy yes that's the remarkable thing it it, it is really incredible, incredible. It, yeah it is um yeah it's a real you know i've heard somebody said i i, I know of a, a a man who grew up in india but went to work as a philosophy lecturer in america uh, and he said that he was he was born in the poorest um, country and now lives in the richest country. And he sees more depression and you know uh, in the uh, in the rich country than he does in the the poor country. It, it is a real life lesson to meet these people. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, obviously the the charity part that you do is heavily involved with children. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit, bit about what life's like, say, for a three or four or five-year-old and before they go to – I mean, I presume they go to school at some point. Yes. Well, you see, one of the things they, – they run a free school, which is called the Pavement Club, which is literally for children yeah. who live on the pavement. And a, a child will be born, um, be raised. Um, it, it's you know it's difficult to believe, but literally not have a home, be on, and you know, not have you know they don't have nappies or anything like that. The, the, these kids they're washed with uh, you know I've seen children being washed um, with like wastewater coming out of another building and, and, and things like that. They have no education. They can't read or write. Um, and then they go to this uh, thing called. The Pavement Club, which is actually, um, uh, well, well, it's it's kind of like a, a stage set in in the corner of the grounds. You know, it's not a not a, a building that you with a door, but they just go into this kind of shelter and they're taught there and they're taught to read. Um, all the education is in English because they think that's the best thing for children to have. You know, because you know it's an international language, so it gives them an advantage to be able to speak English and write English. And, you know, all sorts of yes. things, maths and all the things, type of things children love doing, um, you know, singing, you know, doing art, painting, that type of thing. Yeah. So so basically, 
although they're brought up in hardship, all the children have an opportunity to go to school. They have through this charity, not not you know not all the children, obviously, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think there are schools which you have to pay for. They, I don't think don't think they have like um, free education like we have. Um, it's actually no. you have to pay for it. But the, this charity, and remember, this isn't the only charity. I, I just happen to know these people. There's lots of marvelous charities, great works, uh, you know, great people. So this this charity you mentioned earlier, yeah. yeah, this charity you mentioned earlier is the Emmanuel Ministries Calcutta. Calcutta. That's right, EMC. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the the actual charity itself. When when did it form? Who's involved with it? What does it do? Well, there was a, a lovely man called Vijay and his wife Premela, and um, Vijay yeah. was actually a professional artist. This is interesting. He was a professional cartoonist. Yeah, and he was from oh, he really? and his wife were from quite a middle class background. Now you've got to realise that in India you don't have sort of the, the, in this country the classes all sort of merge into each other. I think more and more it goes. I mean, you get like working. It's difficult sometimes to tell. I don't know whether I'm working class or middle class. You know, and um and then you get yeah. but but in in India it's um you you get the super rich, you get the middle classes, the professional people. And then it's the street people. It's the very, very poor. There's a gulf between middle class and the very poor. And uh, this gentleman, yeah. Vijay, he was from the middle classes. Uh, but he felt that um, he was a Christian believer. And he felt the thing that he should be doing with his uh, with his life is, is not to you know pursue a professional career, but he should be helping his fellow countrymen, the people you know that he uh, that he was walking past all the time. So um, he decided to uh, go and talk to the poor people. He, he would take like 25 kids to a restaurant, buy a meal for them, which they'd never had. And he would just listen to their stories and find out what their lives were like. Uh, the other thing he did is he put an advert in a paper and he just said, if anybody's got any problems and they need somebody, you know, a friendly ear just to, to talk to, then I, I'm here. Um, see me at this particular church. And there was a church which had a little office on the side and he rented that office. And the day after that um, newspaper advert came out, there was a queue right around the block of people who wanted to wow. speak to him. And there was just so much need. There were so many problems that people weren't, you know, fake confronting. So he basically set up this um, charity. Uh, you know, it took a lot, a lot of work. Um, actually, um, uh, VJ he passed away in the late noughties, um, late 2000s. Uh, he had a heart condition. I never actually met him. But he was. Um, no. They have a, a just to give you some idea of what, how how he was considered um, in India. You don't have burials generally because it's it's a Hindu country, and what you have is cremations. But um, there are special like Christian and Muslim cemeteries and you are taken you know you, you are buried in a special uh, cemetery but there are only two people in the whole of modern india who have been allowed to be buried not in a special um cemetery but in their own property one of those was mother teresa of calcutta who was a friend of vj's yeah. and the other one was vj himself and that gives you some idea of how he was considered by the indian people as being a real saint yeah yeah so yeah kept in, in very high esteem. Yes. Now, I've no, I never met yeah. him. He passed away before I got involved with this. But yeah. his, his, his wife, um, Premela, we, we all call her Auntie Prem. She's an absolutely wonderful woman. And, um, you know, I consider her a friend. He's one of my greatest, um, you know, uh, it's, it's something that's always a great pride to be able to be her friend because yeah. she's a just absolutely yeah. remarkable person. Yeah. So, so you got involved with the charity. Yep. You heard about the charity through your church. Yep. How many times have you been to India? I've been out for, I've been about three times. 
Okay. And each time you go, your, your particular initiative is, is the art yes, element right, of it yes. with the children. Can you tell us more about that? Well, well the, the, I mean, the first time I went, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I really went out. Uh, it, I kind of kind of went out just as an experience. I just wanted to experience it and find it find out because I knew nothing about it. But I, I did lots of drawings of the children and I taught a few art lessons, um, which uh, w- you know went down very well. There was one lesson where they said to me, "Would you um, teach the staff at our um, centre? Yeah, a chari- the, where, where the charity runs from." Yeah. And I looked and I thought, "Well, there's about twelve staff. I think I can do that." But what they didn't tell me was they'd actually um, announced to all the schools in in Kolkata that a famous English artist was in India. Uh, would you like to come and hear him? And I, I suddenly went into this hall and there were two hundred kids. And I'd only sort of prepared to sort of like do a sort of almost like almost no bigger than a one-to-one lesson. So I had to think on my feet and I did yeah. this lesson and it went down very well. I, I, I taught them how to do portraits and, you know, it, it went very well and the kids really enjoyed it. I think it was um, interesting just for them. I mean, they've had, they have very good art teachers, obviously, but I think it was interesting for them to hear from a Western perspective. I mean, things like um, I had to talk through a, an interpreter and um, a, a, a guy interpreted what I was saying into Bengali. And there isn't a yeah. word in Bengali for perspective. So when I was trying to explain perspective, they they didn't have a word for that, and that was really interesting um, because um, it how, how would you get that across? Well, I was going to say how how would you actually explain perspective? Well, I, I basically I, I looked at you know because everywhere you go you have these fans on the ceiling, you know the you know because it's very hot out there, and I basically showed them how to draw the fans and how to make it you know I had to do it you know visually um, they they yeah. didn't understand. Understand, you know, like when we were at school, we were taught about single point perspective and the vanishing point. That that they didn't understand. They don't have that in their culture. So I had to just demonstrate it, it for them. But it, yeah. it was um, it, that was a real eye opener. Yeah, I bet it was. You mentioned earlier on that when you got to the airport, it was suggested that you didn't give yeah. children money, yeah. the, the beggars, because of the uh, they could be related to some sort of gang law yeah. or mafia. Yeah. Have you had any experience with any of the cr- criminal elements directly? Yeah, well, um, I, I have. Um, I mean, one of the, the guys, uh, there's a lovely chap there called Timothy, and uh, he was um, uh, he was in one of the gangs, uh, and, and he was a drug addict. Many of the drug addicts they help uh, have been involved with gangs, and it is very easy to be judgmental, but when you're uh, a poor person on the street and joining a gang seems like you know a, a fast track you know way to get out of poverty, I, I can understand how that must be a temptation. Um, he was a reformed character, yeah. but I also met people. Um, you know, there were lots of scams going on, and they often target white people because they think we're we're very rich, um, which we are. I found out, but um, you know, there was a gentleman who came up to me and he said to me that uh, he uh, was a farmer. And in a flood, his entire f- um, farm had been washed away. Could we help? And um, this is quite late at night in the evening. He was there with his young son and he, he looked in a bad way. And I started talking to him and about how we could help, what we could do. And I said, look, could you speak to the people who run the charity? Because they will, they can help. And his eyes lit up. He said, they can help me. And I said, yes. And he was really interested. And as he was, you know, opening up to me, I was t- telling him where the charity was. Suddenly out of the, out of the, you know, out of the shadows, all these sort of guys, these rather wealthy looking guys suddenly appeared and descended upon us and they weren't happy. And it was obvious that this was right. a scam. And what these uh, guys did, they set up this poor guy to be, you know, the victim to try and get money from white people. And I realized that when I said, we can help you, yeah. he, he was more interested in getting out of this situation 
situation. Um, but you know, he was, uh, that yeah. was very scary actually. And, um, I kind of like sort of ended the yeah, meeting because I, I thought there's no point in this. I'm going to get into yeah. really bad trouble doing this. So I, you just have to leave it. But the, you know, the yeah. guy knew that there was, there were people to speak to to get out of that. Yeah. So in, in terms of, so in terms of the, um, the children that are helped by the charity, yeah. they get, they get some schooling. Yep. Uh, people like your good self go, go along and teach them other things and mm. that. What happens as, as they start going up through school? So I get, I guess you know they, they they go in at about when they're age five or something. Yeah, they? they they go in. At, they, how does it progress? Tell yeah. me how it progresses. Yeah, they go in age five. There's a thing called the the pavement club, and when um then they can go on to there's a very large school simply called the Emmanuel School, and that is just like um um yeah. you know it's just like a, a a school here. It's they've got everything. They've got library. They haven't got quite got as many computers and things like that as we have. Um, but it's generally like a school like you and I went to. And, um, you know, it's it's very old fashioned. The children are so well behaved. You know, it's not like, um, you know, they don't sort of answer the teachers back or anything like that. It, 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 it's, it's very, it's quite lovely from, from that point of view. There's a lot of respect for the teachers. You get, I mean, I just say this, you get stories of, of wealthy middle class people you know, trying to get their kids into this school, um, which is really set up for poor oh, really? Yeah, because the education is so good. Um, so that that's yeah. that, that that's rather good. Uh, and then what happens? And this is a, a something which I'm you know more directly involved with is the then question is what do you do when you've got a kid who's been rescued from poverty, all sorts of dreadful you know op, you know options they could have had. Now they've got an education. They've got like the equivalent of GCSEs. And um, what do they do yeah. next? And the, um, the the project which I, I'm cl- more closely involved with is one called Pursuit International. And Pursuit International actually sponsors young people who've been through the you know the the, the the school system, and it gets them now into college, and it gets them into starting their own careers. And uh, that's, that's, okay. that's so that, that there is um, help for them, you know, at that very, very important transitional period as well. Because, you know, the, the, the simple fact is um, you do hear stories of uh, young kids who've like been born in a brothel. Their parents, you know, their mother was a prostitute. That's all they've ever known. Uh, they get an education, mm-hmm. they get opportunities, but they then think, to be honest, the risk of going out and trying to make it myself in the world when I know that I can make money in prostitution. They go to prostitution. You know, these are the yeah. stories you hear or, or in drugs. Um, I don't want to sort of overplay. I mean, the prostitution thing is very shocking to us. I don't want to overplay that because um, that, that's not all that they, um, that's not that's not the only option. Um, you know, there's, but there, there are other uh, options yeah. which are which are unpleasant. Pursuit Pursuit International is another charity that you're involved with. Yeah. And in summary, that charity helps people on the path to college yeah. and, and, and a job yeah. after yeah. they've had their schooling. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Pursuit International is like is 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 a part of Emmanuel Ministries. But it's it's actually the interesting thing is is actually the headquarters is round the corner from where I live in Worthing. And uh, Oh really? Yeah, because the um the, the uh, it's run by an, a wonderful Indian guy called uh Janay, Janay Sheikh. And uh, Jane actually grew up in a, uh, a slum. Um, he tells me terrible stories. His father died 
uh, in the slum because of the terrible diseases, you know, the lack of sanitation. And uh, yeah. he was helped through Emmanuel Ministries. He went to school uh, through that. And um, he uh, was able to do business studies at the University of Manchester in, in this country, which is quite remarkable. You know, it's not not, yeah. not often heard of something like a, a boy from his background. And no. so he's got a, a, a degree in business uh, studies. And now what he's done is he set up this, um, he, he married an English girl who was a, a, a friend of mine. I was a friend of the family. And um, they live around the corner. And it's so weird because the first time I met him, it was in the middle of Calcutta. And now he's married and he lives around, around the corner from me. But um, that's, that's an amazing coincidence. Yes, I know. I know. Uh, but, you know, that means that I've got um, a connection. So, you know, I often will do things. I will, I, I'm often asked to speak at uh, art societies about this, this whole thing of working in India. And I get paid and any money I get, I, I give this all to pursuit. So it's like, a, you know, it's... It, it, that's a wonderful thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's just an, an easy way of, of funneling the money into doing something great, yeah. So have you seen any, you know, are there any case studies of, of um, children that have gone through this system, yes. This, yes. this wonderful system? And, and actually, you know, what, what sort of, tell us a little bit about how, how some of those children have developed. Yes, okay. I'll, well, I, if I can tell you the story, there's a, a wonderful young girl called Amorshi, and um, she was uh, from a very uh, difficult background. I think there was a there was a, a lot of violence in her, her family background, and um, she was uh, staying, there's a... There was a home which was open for um, poor girls in India. It's called the Pauline Bevan uh, Home, yeah. and that was a, um, a, a basically like you know a, a place, a, a children's home. Uh, it's now open to boys as well. They've, uh, but but it's it was at one time just open to girls, and um, she w- was there. She went to school. She did very well. She you know did, did remarkably well at school, and she's now studying at the University of Mumbai, and she's studying psychology. And I'm still in contact with her. Wow. You know, I. I still you know talk to us find out how things yeah. are going and uh, her ambition is basically to work with the poor people you know as a counselor uh, and to use her um, yeah. training as a psychologist to actually help the young people fantastic um, story yeah it is yeah so the charity pursuit international who, who do this last bit of the kids education yeah. and get them into a into a career yeah. what in terms of numbers, what's the success rate of, of the kids that have gone through who actually come out of this? Well, it's, it's a relatively new one. Um, I mean, as far as I know, yeah. I don't know if anybody who's like dropped out. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's uh, anybody who, you know, like, has, is, you know, has gone back to, you know, the, 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 the previous way of life. Um, it's a small yeah. charity. It basically, you know, we sp- they sponsor about, I think it's about 10, you know, children at a time. And they go through this program where they're, be, they're basically sponsored, they're helped through, uh, you know, into college courses and then out the other side into the careers. Obviously, you can't hold their hand forever. You know, they've, they've got a, the whole point is to yeah. is make it so they can make their own way. But um, I, 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 there's been no dropout as far as I know. Nobody's actually um, not failed. Everybody's been very grateful yeah. for it. And, um, you know, as far as I know, it's a, it's, it's, it's 100% success rate and and steve on, on a more macro level yeah um we hear a lot you know we're obviously very rich in the west yeah. compared with some of these people who live in, in those sort of cities in india mm. like calcutta and bombay um and we also hear that economically india is now you know one of the new fast-growing economies yeah. in, in the world mm. are there any signs that the situation in some of these cities particularly kolkata 
is is improving for these people? You know, it, or is it getting worse? Um, what, what's happening at the moment? Well, it, it's a very sensitive subject because um, you know I I've seen people put things on Facebook um, when I've tried to organise, like I did a charity dinner recently for, for for this, and you do get people saying, "Why are we doing this? Why are we putting our hands in our pockets for India? India has its own space program, for goodness' sake. Why are we giving it to to, yeah. to, to Indians? Shouldn't they?" Now the problem is, and I have, you know, I say this with caution um, because I don't in any way want to be rude about in, India is a country I love, and I don't want to be in any way rude. But it, there is a different history. You have, um, uh, you know, you have a, a, a country which is very much a Hindu country, and it it, it has for centuries had the caste system. And if you are one of the untouchables, what they call the delete, which is basically the people I work with, all the, all the people I work with are the delete, the untouchable class. You know, you, you, there are some people who they don't even want the shadow of a delete, uh, you know, an untouchable person to cross their shadow. They're completely, you keep away from them. Now, even though the caste system is something that's, you know, not very, you know, not very fashionable, um, you, there is now legislation where you cannot make a legal decision on the basis of caste in India anymore. Yeah. Even then, it is still in existence. And the problem is, yes, you do get your Indian billionaires and you do get uh, you know, people who are uh, you know doing incredibly well, but the money doesn't filter down to the poor people because there is still this attitude that they are untouchable, even if you, you know yeah. they, they say it's not. And I, I have to be careful here because now I'm sort of, it sounds like I'm criticising the, the country, but I'm afraid the hard fact is these people on the streets, they will not see any of that, uh, any of that money. Nothing will be built for them. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it will have no effect upon them. And so that's why we still have yeah. to keep, you know, doing what we're doing. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, obviously, in, in the UK, we, we had our Industrial Revolution, yeah. 1760 onwards. Mm. Uh, they've had a different, a different, evol- you know, they're, they're evolving in a different way. Mm. So we we can't judge that. No, you but, can't. But nevertheless, yeah. Um, I guess in time it will will the situation improve. But in the meantime, there are kids out there, mm. families out there, yep. with a lot of difficulty, mm. and um, we we need to help them where we can. I think it's great what you're doing, Steve. Um, where can fe- where can people find a little bit more about what you're doing and the charities that you've yep. been talking well, about? Well, the best place to go um, there is the charity Pursuit International. And, uh, you know, if you just Google that, you'll get onto their website and you can find out all sorts of things, how you you can help, you can run events. Um, And um, the the other one is um, EMC, uh, Emmanuel Ministries Calcutta, which is the actual parent charity, which is in Calcutta, Kolkata, I should say. And that's um, basically, you know, just Emmanuel uh, with, um, uh, how do you spell that? It's got no L-E at the end. It's just one L at the end. Emmanuel Ministries, Calcutta. Yeah. And they still say it the old way, Calcutta with a C. Um, you know, you can get onto their websites and you can just see, see what you, you, you know, we do. But, you know, I like to encourage really creative things, um, uh, for Pursuit International. Um, they, they've, we, we've had sort of, um, themed uh, meals, evening meals that have done really well. We've had raffles, uh, auctions of artwork, um, quiz nights. 
uh, all sorts of things. One guy just sponsored wheelbarrow race and they raised about 1,400 quid. You know, it, it's <laughs> remarkable what people will, will Sounds do. Sounds great. Yeah, it, it is great. And it's, it's, it's great fun and it's great to feel part of, you know, a community like that. And you also you get to know the, the young people. You know, they're, they're very grateful and you get to know them as friends as well. And it, it's just a wonderful thing to be involved with. Yeah. So if, if people want to give a donation to the charity, they, yeah. they can do that. Yes. Um, and I guess the other thing we can do, and we can put these on the show notes, is uh, – Show off some of your artwork. Yeah, sure. Um, what about if people want to go a bit further and they actually want to get involved with, with you know, going out to India and stuff? Yeah. Is, is it, can they, you know, is that something the charity can help well, with? Well, they can do that. I mean, you can go out and, um, you know, Emmanuel Ministries are very, um, they love to have people going over there. Um, you can stay, I mean, I've stayed in lots of, I stayed in a hostel the first two times, um, but the third time I stayed in a hotel. Yeah. Somebody, very kind person, paid for me to stay in a hotel. And frankly, I'd rather stayed in the hostel because the hotel was one of these places that had terrible viruses in the air conditioning and I came away with a with, with, with an illness for about a month afterwards oh, that's that sounds like I'm putting people off but you know you can talk to Emmanuel ministers but you see the thing is there there are other charities you don't have to just um you know h- help uh, the one I'm involved with um you, no. you know th- th- I, I I think if you if you google um you, you will find I think there's also the VSO um which is voluntary uh services organization um there's there's, lo- there's lots of places where you can help but you know please please feel free to get yeah. in contact with us uh, pursuit international has an office in this country just around the corner for me and emmanuel ministers would love to hear from you as well yeah so have you got any plans to go back out to india yes or- i have um as soon as this this pandemic is over um my plan is to go i was <laughs> hoping to go over in in uh um, february um but it might be more october uh, next next year yeah. i do i do want to go back i mean i there's i you know a, i feel like there's part of me that is i've left it india you know i i i have to go back it's uh the most inspiring place i've ever been to um it, it's weird even with the yeah. poverty there i I, I, the poverty it does get me down, but but the hope builds me up. The hope that I can make some difference that that is that is what keeps me going there. And and I and I just love the people. Yeah. I love the culture. You know, it's they're they're wonderful. And the human spirit comes through. Yes, absolutely. It is it is remarkable. Oh, it's an incredible life lesson, and I would I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, Steve, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, and um, I think you, you've you've brought home a lot of uh, very interesting subject matter to people yeah and um, well, like I say I'll put, I'll put all this on the show notes yeah. and people can have a look for themselves so thanks very much that's okay marvellous it's great to be in t- contact again my thanks go to today's guest Steve Carroll artist and author if you would like to see Steve's artwork find out more about the charities mentioned in the show and discover where you can obtain a book in the Riddler's Fair series please see the show notes for details You have been listening to Undercurrent Stories. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe to the show for future episodes. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review. Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best. Listener.